Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. We are the official podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. And if you are listening to this and watching this, not only are you part of the Resistance, but you are our people. And if you follow our hashtag and our movement, Make Solo 2 Happen, then guess what? You're also Jonas Sotomo's people, because Jonas tweeted recently that his people are the Make Solo 2 Happen people, so you're in great company. You're in Wookiee company, folks. And joining me on this episode of the Resistance Broadcast is my people, as always. It is James Bainey and Lacey Gillerin. Guys... Makes Solo 2 Happen is still rocking. Celebration tickets are purchased. We're heading to Anaheim next year. We got a lot to talk about. How are you guys feeling? Feeling good on this Monday? What's going on? Yeah, when I when I looked down at my phone and I saw that I got a quote tweeted by him, I was like, well, Wookie here. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. James, no. <laughs> waka waka. No. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not no, bad, that- though. Yeah, that was that was crazy, and uh, the the whole day of trying to get tickets was just absolutely insanity. And I don't think anything close would have happened if we didn't have Lacey to 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 steer us in the right direction over hotels and what was available and how the whole thing works. Hacking the system. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we we did we did very well, and it was because Lacey gave us great direction Mm, for sure. I was like, so Lacey, remember when I was like, it was literally, we're about, we're like a minute out from tickets going live. <laughs> I had been prepping John at least for three days. I go, three All right, days. so what's the site? Show links. And she's like, no, show it's show, click. show clicks. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I hope I don't get into what the queue first. What hotel are we looking for? Yeah. Helen and Marriott, John, for the 50th I thought it was a Holiday Inn Express and we were all going to learn new skills, but no. Absolutely not. Um, no, it was so, crazy. So, so you guys, uh, you guys, a little fired up to talk a little uh, Star Wars? We don't do that often on this podcast. What do you think? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We're usually a Marvel podcast, right? We're a Marvel podcast. I actually, um, I'll, I'll get into it later, but it'll be, it'll be good. Um, all right, guys. So we have, we do have some <laughs> poll results uh, to get into here. So let's uh, knock those out right now. All right, guys, we said if there were a Disney, speaking of celebration, a Disney Plus panel announced showcasing each of these projects at Star Wars Celebration, which would you be most excited about seeing or attending? I wonder who Um, came up with this poll. And again, (laughs) listen, listen, guys, this is all hypothetical here. These are not officially announced projects. Some of them obviously have been reported by certain people. Some of them have been wished by certain people. But anyway, here we go. The options we gave you are uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, Solo 2 or Solo series, uh, Rebels, uh, Ezra sequel series, which people are thinking uh, may happen, or other, where we let you kind of comment and say, oh, you didn't mention this or this or this, but Twitter only gives us four options, so we try to throw the other one in there for you guys. But anyway, the winning vote, which I expected, uh, 45% Obi-Wan Kenobi series, followed right behind it, 37% by Solo 2. Make Solo 2 happen. Uh, 15% chugging in the rear there, uh, the Rebels Ezra sequel series, and only 3% said other. So most people are dialed into these three options. Um, James, Lacey, what's, what's the story here? Where'd you, first of all, what did you vote for? And were you surprised at uh, how this laid out in the results? No, people love Kenobi. He's goat. So everybody wants him. that whole project. I feel like that's all everybody talks about for the past like three years of my life has been like the inevitable. When's yeah, it going to happen? When's Kenobi going to happen? And then Ewan showing up at the solo premiere, just like hyped that stuff right up. <sighs> yeah. uh, John, in your report. 
People have been super pumped about it. I said Solo 2. I want Solo 2 so bad. I'm in it. John I convinced me in September that Solo 2 is a thing. I'm in. <laughs> I'm here for it. Now, I know for a fact, because he's not the biggest fan of this idea, that James probably did not vote for Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I'm going to guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess. He's the biggest Kenobi fan. <laughs> uh, no, well, the, the, he never liked the idea of a Kenobi movie or Kenobi anything. So I'm going to guess it. James. It's like, what I'm going to guess James yeah. voted for Ezra here. But let's see, James, what did you vote for? And were you surprised about the results? Uh, I voted for Ezra. Yeah. Uh, I know, but I, see, I yeah. know. I knew you I were know, gonna, yeah. I know, I know. You've been I talking about not... how you want the story to, to come about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was not surprised by these results at all because you just look at it like before you even vote and it shows you what it is. I was like, you already know. Most people are going to go for that Obi-Wan one because it's so connected to a familiar character. Mm-hmm. But the second winner is going to be Solo 2. Um, because we have put so many great ideas into people's minds, like, oh, I don't want another solo. And then we're like, what about Emphasis Nest? And they're like, well, okay, maybe that, you know, or something. We've had a lot of Give general ideas of what this whole thing could be mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people are like coming around to the idea that maybe something like that could be really cool. Um, but, do, but don't count out the, the Rebels Ezra stuff. I, I, that is definitely a strong announcement if they ever came out and said it. Um, a lot of people would be really happy to to get the end of that story, and it's mm-hmm. not just his story either. Obviously, it's it's uh, Ahsoka's and you know Sabine. others as well. There's that's so long, much left so, there that needs to yeah. be told. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe so, get a little uh, Jason Sindula in there. Who? I'm just kidding. <clears throat> I no? know him. He's he's green. <laughs> I know him. He's green. He's the Kermit the Frog of or the, is the orange? universe. Now I'm starting to lose my mind. No, I think he's like he looks like um like a uh, Caucasian almost, right? No, think? he's no? a different color. I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, you only see him for one second. I wasn't focused. I thought on he him was like a mix. Like he's obviously a mixture between Hera and Kanan. So he's like yeah, but yeah. I think Hera, they just greenish with weird purple eyes he, or something like that. He had like punk rock hair. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Gonna, gonna be a Jedi. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the best comment, and I'll find it real quick. The best comment was by a uh, patron of ours, and he goes by Canon Junkie, but his nice. handle is Junkie Canon, and his name is Jerry, and uh, we met him at Celebration. Um, so this is what Jerry had to say, and I did not fix this. This got the most likes, so... You know, there's no favoritism here. Although I love Jerry. He said, gotta go with a solo series just to go and bask in the light of the <laughs> Resistance Broadcast's achievement. I love Jerry how he knows- had to start with, I didn't make this up or yeah. rig this. <laughs> I didn't, no. But I love that Jerry, he used the dramatic phrasings of bask in the light. So that's... um. But he got a lot of comments, and I think I'll have to say this: he probably got a lot of comments because he used hashtag Make Solo Two Happen, and people are digging on that. So, um, good job there, Jerry. Um, but yeah, I think all these options would be great if they made all of them. Frankly, so uh, especially other that other series looks really good. He is orange, purple. He, oh, what I say, no, purple eyes. So. Like- He's, he's he's a white kid. He's Caucasian. Yeah. So so he does he does look more like that than I thought. I think the like green Kanan. is the green hair. Yeah. That's I said purple I eyes from that. He almost looks like Peter Pan, kind of. You know, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, bangerang! <laughs> <laughs> I love Hook. It's an underrated movie. All right, guys. We have some news to get into. And uh, as you guys know, Monday is our news show. Uh, so we are going to pop over to the Resistance Report right now and see what James Bainey has cooking for us today. It's the Resistance. All right, guys. There's someone new in town. And according to Deadline, that new person is Michelle Rejwan. Uh, she is officially now uh, the senior VP of live action development and production for Lucasfilm. Uh, this was appointed by Kathleen Kennedy and her official job description is that Reg One will oversee a new slate of feature films and episodic series for Lucasfilm and Disney Plus and continue to produce with Kennedy as Star Wars franchise is built out. So this was a, a, a pretty big event that happened. We have, we have someone new, uh, strong in power making choices. And uh, if, the, if the name seems unfamiliar, this uh, Michelle comes from a background of working with Bad Robot. J.J. Abrams appointed her when it came to The Force Awakens, uh, but she had worked on other projects with him, such as Super 8 and Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, so starting this whole thing off... Um, Lacey, I want to I want to start with you. Uh, how do you feel about the, this move, or are you excited about uh, this new person coming in and having a little bit of control over the movies and television series? So I don't know a lot about Michelle. I'm going Michelle because obviously we're on a first name basis. Um, <laughs> yeah, but <Jeez>. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, but she's come from a background of she worked her way up. She was an assistant. And then she was, you know, working as like an associate producer and then a producer. And she's now where she is like, that's really inspiring that someone would take those steps to get where they are. So I noticed there was a lot of negativity online of like, why did she get this job? Because she worked her butt off. And in an interview, she even said she's like, you know, get a job, work your butt off. Everything will pay off. And I appreciate that because I'm a very hard worker myself. That being said, I'm super excited about this because it said feature films and live action stuff for both Lucasfilm and Disney Plus. So I know six months ago, James, we were talking about like, will they ever make movies for Disney Plus? And we were like, no way. Bob Iger said no. This is that like when I was saying, well, six months from now, we don't know. This is that kind of thing that I'm like, okay, six months later, we have someone here that could be doing those types of things. And I just think hmm. there's so many projects that they could be working on that we're unaware of. Um, and to put someone in a position like this means that there are a lot of things that they need to announce still and get going. So let mm. me follow up on that. Are you are you looking at this as a confirmation that they're they are moving in the direction of doing feature films on Disney Plus? Yeah. Oh, I I didn't get that. Uh, John, where do where do you want to take off on that? Maybe um, not that point specifically, but, you know, about yeah, the... I, I mean, I think this is a lot of things. Uh, for one, um, it means that uh, our buddy Dave Filoni is probably staying nestled in the nice little realm of animation. Um, mm -hmm. And I think they may just straight up make some kind of 
uh, announcement that he's going to oversee all animation. If if he kind of already is, but uh, mm-hmm. that that it sounds like that's going to be his turf uh, going forward. Now that they make this kind of announcement, and I don't know if this is planting the seeds of uh, you know Kathleen Kennedy passing the torch for when her contract expires in, in two or three years. Um, but yeah, uh, Michelle Regwan, I didn't know her by name, but I knew like when I found out who she was, I knew who she was in terms of her positioning and, and that sort of thing. And having worked with bad robot and I kind of looked into her, um, credentials and, and that sort of thing. And I don't know too much about what it is to be a producer, uh, because I'm not one, but, um, obviously Kathleen Kennedy has 40 years experience, uh, doing this sort of thing. So you got to think mm-hmm. that she's more qualified to pick somebody than um, a YouTube personality, right? So uh, I think it's a good pick. Uh, I, I believe in Kathleen Kennedy. She's put good people in the chair. And and if, if you think J.J. Abrams is good at what he's doing, he's had her uh, with her the whole way. So uh, that's another... I was going to say that too. Also, you got to imagine JJ's That's an endorsement right there because well. everyone mm-hmm. loves J.J., especially if Episode Nine winds up being great. Um, and again, that's another thing. They must be confident about Episode Nine because she's pr- she's a producer on Episode Nine. So if Episode Nine g- goes badly and she's supposed to be in this position, that is a not a good look. Uh, so they must have been confident enough to announce her at this position before Nine comes out, which led, leads me to believe that they must really believe that this movie is going to end up being something special. So I think that <laughs> tells us a lot of different things. I'm not buying the whole thing about movies going to Disney Plus, though, Lacey. I didn't get that part of it. But I do like it's that... It's the wording. They didn't say or. They said and. Sure, sure. But I I, I do like the fact that um, they're, they're putting this out there and saying she's going to be controlling... Or not controlling, but overseeing both for the theatrical and, um, and Disney Plus. But it's got to be James and Lacey. It's got to be Disney Plus more so now because they kind of already have the slate of films for the next five years mapped out. So, so far. Um, yeah. It so seems to me that, that the, the Mandalorian is kind of already on its way. So this may be a move to come in and help out with Cassie and Andor specifically. Um, and the Game of Thrones stuff as they wrapped up their um, Game of Thrones creators is what I'm saying. I they wrapped up their show John. and they're moving into that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That that it seems like they're like we're gonna need someone to take kind of take control of both Cassie and Andor and you know likely the Obi Wan series or whatever that is starting to move forward if that's the case, and then also the um, Benioff and Wise stuff. So what's the follow up, Lacey? So, sorry, I thought you were done talking. My follow up to John is John. You're saying that they must be super confident in nine, but wouldn't you say the same thing about Last Jedi, seeing as they? said Ryan was doing a trilogy prior If you heard to me Last giggle Jedi. a minute ago, that's like, what they, I thought They of, said yeah. that like two months before Last Jedi being like, oh, Ryan Johnson's getting more movies and now we're here. Yeah, I think the only <laughs> difference there is that you're talking about uh, the Ryan Johnson thing is the, the him creating content and where this is her overseeing um, project development. So I think there are two different things. So I try not to put them all in the same basket, but you're right. Sure. That is a fair, absolutely fair argument. Um so does that mean they're even more confident about nine than 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 we thought? I think but, they are, given on everything mm-hmm. that we've heard so far. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. they definitely are. But yeah. it just at the same time, there's this little part of me that's like, but they were super confident about this and super confident about solo. So mm. yeah, the the only thing that you have to keep in mind is like, and Pablo Hidalgo has talked about this. They they are working on things that could be more more than ten years down the road that they're developing and putting ideas around in. That's where I think she comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because like James said, you know, uh, Mandalorian's already in the works. Uh, Cassian Andor is going to be starting production soon. You may have stuff that's already about to be greenlit like a Kenobi. So she's, uh, as far as I understand her position, she's supposed to be developing new projects and ideas and, and helping them get into production and stuff like that. So we may be thinking whatever she's fully involved in, we may not see for 10 years. Right. I. I think I found the quote that Lacey was referring to that might actually open the door to the the whole movies on. Um, it's I, towards the bottom. F- I was going to say that it's the last line. It does say um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> she's important in shaping the future in all Star Wars story development from theatrical film development to live action content from Disney+. Plus. So she, they're the not, not specifically content. saying... They're not specifically saying television series or series mm-hmm. for Disney Plus. They're saying live action content, which right. opens the door to more than just a television yeah. series. Good, right. good catch, Lacey. That's what red flagged right. me when I read that article. I was like, well, they specifically chose this word content. And I know from writing my own press releases that you definitely choose every guys, word that's in a press release. Yeah, You know what? If, if she doesn't work out, Michelle Regwan, they'll just, they'll just go over to Reg 2. And then if Reg 2 doesn't there work is. out, it, it'll be Reg 3. <laughs> Reg four, and then they'll bring in Mark Hamill if they need to, and it'll be Reg five standing by. Is she Reg leader then? She's Reg leader, Reg one. All right. Oh, I've been holding on to that one. Uh, I think that's wait, the cue, guys. Wait, do my golf swing. Someone, I, I know you guys like cue. that one. Come on, here we go. There was some someone just to, uh, someone who, if you if you just almost spit out your coffee. Whatever you were drinking, comment that you almost did because Hashtag sometimes I get those. Hashtag dad jokes below. <laughs> Hashtag almost spit out my coffee. <laughs> um, next story up is uh, <laughs> next so story dumb. up is ET Online was doing an interview with Gina Carano, and she uh, the question of the Mandalorian was brought up and how it was working with John Favreau, and she had and and this th- I, I retweeted this because I was like I, I love John Favreau I'm watching the Chef Show right now, but uh, but this is this is what she said to say uh, he looked at me before my big scene one of my biggest introductory scenes in the Mandalorian and he was like we're gonna change your trajectory right now she recalled I think he's a very honest man I think he's seen the struggle I think he's seen what happened to careers and he's like we're going to change your path right now he's like from here on out you're going to choose jobs that complement you and we're going to choose jobs that challenge you uh or you're going to choose jobs that challenge you and you're going to believe in yourself from this scene forward um yeah i i I love uh i love john favreau and i think he's he's brilliant and he's like in my mind he's one of those filmmakers that I have an eye on to be like, I was paying attention to this guy back when he was blank, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he has continued to turn stuff out. Um, John, I'm going to start this story with you. Um, do, do you have any comments on, on John Favreau on the Mandalorian on Gina Carano? Yeah. I mean, Gina Carano, you have to think you're coming from, uh, being a, mit- a mixed martial artist, um, a successful one. I think she was like eight and one her, her record and she la- she lost her, la- her final fight to a steroid user. So, um, but she goes from that to, to getting into acting. And then, you know, we've seen these types of people do that. These MMA fighters, uh, even wrestlers, they get into acting like, uh, Bautista became uh, Drax. Right. And you have to imagine when you get into this life of acting and you're surrounded by professional actors, there's Carl Weathers, there's uh, Pedro Pascal and there's Nick Nolte or whatever. 
There, it must be kind of intimidating because you're an MMA fighter that's an actor. She, like she made she made it sound like she didn't fully, you know, believe in herself yet. And Favreau almost kind of said like, "This is your moment here." And and in the article, I kind of put an analogy like it felt like that those sports movies where the coach is in the locker room with his team and they're down <laughs> in the fourth quarter and he's like, "We're gonna win this thing," like a Hoosiers moment or like miracle. And he's like, "This is your time." And she said that that really hit her hard. And that speaks to of two things there. One, she's open enough to, to, to be that vulnerable to admit that. And then also like that John Favreau, again, just proves how much he can get out of his talent. He may have not even been the director on that episode for all we know. Uh, this whole story is just so good to me. And I'm really excited to see her get involved in this because she seems like she's really excited to be involved. It's not just a gig. Uh, so the, the, this whole, I don't know, this whole story, I, I kind of really dug it a lot and, um, I'm excited to see what she can do. Lacey, are you excited to see Cara Dune, the former rebel shock trooper take the screen in the form of Gina Carano? I'm more excited to see Gina Carano than to see that character because I don't know anything about the character, but I love <laughs> Gina Carano. So first of all, Ash Crossan, who's been on the show before, she did a great job mm-hmm. asking these questions. She always asks really good questions that are not the basic, like, how do you feel about this role? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was very, I hate those questions so much when someone asks, how do you feel? Like after Did it sports, feel good to like be sp- in the Star Wars? Like a sports game, John, yeah. sports, where they're yeah. like, how do you feel about winning? You're like, of course, they're going to say I feel great. Like, Yeah, yeah. Did it feel good to go out there and win tonight? <laughs> Sporting really hard. <laughs> how um, does it feel to bring home the W? <laughs> <laughs> w is so, slang for win. Yeah. Um, sports. So Gina was so sweet in this interview. And, and when she went on about how they invited her in and she thought she was going to be stuck in a Chewbacca outfit, like that sets mm. off her mindset of like, I thought I was going to be put in this big Chewbacca outfit, big thing. Cause she's like a big girl, not big, but like buff and, mm-hmm. and tall. So, um, large. Oh. large, not the right word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, I said, I was like large and in charge. And I was like, no, no, no just like, like, James is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah no she's great she's so personable and at celebration she was really excited too you could just feel it like kind of coming off of her how excited she was but the quote from Fav with Favreau uh, where she talked about their interaction is like super touching because I think everybody has that moment in their life where they needed someone to tell them the tough like you need to believe in yourself more than you think um, mm-hmm. and the idea that this she didn't makes me so sad but the fact that she got to that moment where she did is like that like you go from oh oh yes and then you're like ready to watch her do her thing um but i think she's gonna kick butt i love her in every movie that she's in i think she does a great job but i can imagine that she probably gets typecast as like the fighter or the bad Mm -hmm. guy like deadpool so the idea that he's like, no, you're going to pick mm. what you want to do. It's your choice. It's like yeah. such a wonderful moment in anybody's life to know that they have the power and control to make their own choice and path. And it's mm-hmm. really inspirational. And I loved it. Yeah, she, she might have also gone out for that role. Like, you know, and he's like, hey, if we can get Gina Carano, then yes, I'm going to take her. Mm-hmm. But right. when she's on set, I'm going to tell her you're bigger than this. You can do more. Stop applying for the fighting role. Yeah. You know? yeah. The tough well, role. Um, yeah. The 
uh, footage we saw showed her kind of really getting into it one-on-one with the Mandalorian, uh, like a little... They are rolling uh, around. Yeah, rolling around, mm-hmm. gunslinging, cowboy-style stuff. And I have a feeling it's going to be multifaceted. I think they're going to be rivals at first, then they're going to get become allies, and there may even be romance between the two. You mean enemies know, so. to lovers? Enemies to lovers, maybe, My yeah. favorite trope. Um, yeah, Star Wars finally needs that, because the sequel trilogy just doesn't have it, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> churning the butter, baby. Churning the butter. Just kidding, everybody. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 digging it. I like her. I think she's cool. I think she's awesome. And uh, I hope she doesn't die in like episode two. I don't think she will. I yeah. think she's a main no, character. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the best things a director or showrunner or anything like that can do is taking someone who maybe even doesn't have the best talent, but utilizing them in the way that they're best utilize if that make kind of makes sense like believing um, in them yeah but i mean like also like if they're not a strong deliverer of dialogue then don't give them that many lines setting them up them, to succeed yes yeah so uh dave batista being one of these is like the best examples because in every movie he's been in he's been utilized the best way that he can be <laughs> and it just pushes him into the next role and people are like, I want that guy. Cause he was really good at it. You know, exactly what he I'm was just, told to do just in, a, of, in a good way. Like how did then who's the guy who directed uh Guardian, guardians of the galaxy and wrote it? James Gunn. James Gunn is <laughs> what, are, like how confident was he in Vin Diesel then? <laughs> He's just like, you're going to voice a tree. You know, you're probably I, like you're just going to say I yeah. am Groot. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't. I don't know what the whole deal. I mean, why cast a star to do the "I am Groot" thing? But I don't know. How do we? How do um, we set up Vin Diesel to succeed? Have him just say the words "I am Groot" into a mic. <laughs> but I, I would love to see another person come out of uh, a totally different industry and move into this and and actually be successful yeah. and well received. So, more power there. Can I um, say one thing story? really quick? Yeah. What is Bill Burr's role? Do we know yet? Has the, have they talked about it at all? He, he's he's got to be some kind of comic relief. That's that's. I mean, We're, it's like we saw he, that footage at Celebration, which obviously nobody saw except certain individuals that leaked it out. Um, <laughs> that that footage wasn't seen by anyone except if people were in the room. And the only thing that stuck out to me because he's my favorite comedian is Bill Burr, and like mm-hmm. he didn't say anything. They mm-hmm. haven't talked about it, right. and he's in it like shooting guns and stuff. Bill Burr, what do you do in this show? Please I think he's going to be like a, a funny sidekick type of guy for the Mandalorian. I, want, I think he's going to be the weapons guy. Yeah, but like a sidekicky, like a, like a Robin. No, 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 like thing. the weapons guy that's like, oh, you need guns. I got guns. Look at all these guns. Oh, really? I got. Like a that's Q? what I think he's going to be. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You just saw John Wick, the gun guy. Yeah, John Wick's good. And I saw Indiana Jones. Yes, finally. And I saw Toy Story 4. <laughs> I have to see Toy Story 4. <laughs> Can I say one last thing about the story before we move on? Yeah. Yeah. D- yep. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> Give me all right, an Oscar. Our next That's story. really uh, all you had to add? <laughs> That's it. Oh, James, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. The <laughs> the uh, covers, the final covers for the Age of Comic Series, and this one's called Age of Resistance, have been revealed as well as synopsis for each 
Is that the word? Synopsis? Synopsises? Synopsis. Uh, for each one of these. Uh, so the four that were announced, we have Ray on the cover, Kylo Ren on the cover, Snoke on the cover, and Rose Tico on the cover. Four new issues. Lacey, I'm going back to you. Um, I'm, I assume you're most excited about Kylo Ren, but is there another one that you would be excited to hear a little bit more about? I am excited for Kylo Ren. However, I'm more excited for Snoke's. Okay, there we go. I, Snoke's I'm looks really, really you. interesting. And the idea that his synopsis is about like, he has this broken, tormented kid. Can he break him? I'm like, what is he going to be doing to Kylo Ren? Although, mm. guys, it sets you up again to feel bad for him. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, I'm excited for Snoke. I want to know more about him before, you know, he got cut in half. Before he got cut in half. <laughs> and then he was no more. <laughs> I want to know more it. about him after he got cut in half. <laughs> the the puppeteer, the man pulling the strings. No, I'm just kidding. Hmm. Uh, John, what do you think? Uh, any one of these stick out to you, Ray? Because Leia's in the background. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like... These are hit and miss, these Age of series. There were some mm-hmm. I liked, some I didn't like. Um, I thought the um, Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan one was cool. Um, I thought... Uh, some weren't as good. Um, the, there was a Boba Fett one from the Age of Rebellion. I think that was all right. For, even for, uh, I don't even like Boba Fett that much. Um, these are interesting. The Rose Tico one th- threw me off a little bit. Um, I felt like that was almost kind of like, a, you know, we want to show that we support Kelly Marie Tran more than uh, we need to tell a Rose Tico story in a comic. But um, So I, I, I got to admit, I probably won't be reading that one. But Snoke, the Snoke thing does interest me because... He's gone now, and it's we're entering the area of now we're going back to find out uh, the mysteries about him in a way, and whether or not that tells us anything to build us up for episode nine to close out this sequel trilogy, we'll find out. I know the comics usually don't delve too much into that because they want people to be able to watch these movies seamlessly, and they don't expect a lot of the audience to read these types of things. So mm-hmm. you got to keep that in mind as much as you love the comics. But yeah, anything that you give me more about Kylo Ren, I'm a huge Kylo Ren fan. As you guys know, I joke around a lot about the Ben Demption thing, but love Kylo Ren. So give me more of that stuff. And um, I'm sure the Ray one will be good too, if you sprinkle in some lay in there so um I, i'm down for these i'll probably read them i like one-offs because um you don't have to worry about missing uh, an issue or anything like that um so yeah why not comics are expensive if- too they're not like a dollar like they were years and years and years ago they're yeah. like 5.99 each yeah like that adds up for those you're at 20 bucks already 20 plus are the digital mm. more or less than the book less I, but like no, i, think I mean it the still same. adds up hmm I think they're the same price, and the only thing well, the you Snoke get, one's half off, so that's good. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you, um, <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going. I'm if not you, even laughing at the joke. The, uh, I'm laughing at the, the fact that he looks so proud when he does it. Yeah, the trade paperbacks <laughs> have like five issues for right. twenty bucks, right. so it's kind of like getting an issue for free. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, do you think there's any chance that all of these happen at the same time? Like they're releasing them, these four, so that they could be like, here was what Kylo Ren was doing, oh. and this is his point of view. Here's yeah. Snoke's point of view. Uh, on the other side of the world, here was what Ray was doing, why don't dreaming. You, why don't you give us a Finn comic, though? Like, wouldn't it be way more interesting to get an FN2187 comic than whatever Rose Tico was doing? Back? She even they admits. They already did I, that, though. 
They already did a Finn comic. They did the the, the nines, the other guy, right? Two one nine nine. They did a Finn one. I don't remember a Finn comic. Did they do that? I don't know if yeah, I feel because like they did. Is, I saw is the, a cover the other day with Finn on it by the same guy does, by Phil does Noto. The, does the Rose thing take place before the Last Jedi? We're assuming right? yes, because it's with her sister. So she says, even in, in the Last Jedi, I did sit around and bang pipes all day. So what's her comic going to be? No, 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 because she was she was part of the Cobalt Squadron before this. She she has seen action before, but it's but since recently. I didn't read that. Did anyone read that? Did you read that? I didn't. What's funny is it's it's the only book that I haven't read, and it's sitting <laughs> on my list. And I'm like, dang it, man! I, I need to go back and get that one. But uh, people are going to get mad. Literally, at me, is to the, to this day the only novel that's come out that I have because I have no interest. And they're going to be like, oh, it was really great, and you're. You should have read it. You're dumb. There are tons of characters I don't have interest in. It's just yeah. life. Yeah. I do have a friend that read Cobalt Squadron, and he said it it wasn't it wasn't necessary reading. In fact, his opinion on it was that it actually kind of made the Last Jedi worse because. Oof, come on. Yeah, because it it felt like she was supposed to be kind of that like nothing to something arc. Yeah. And now it felt like she was something and then she went to nothing to get back that's, to something. That's my point, though. Yeah. People watch The Last Jedi who may not be the 2% of Star Wars fans who read that book and they're just like, oh, this girl worked at Pipes all day and she did nothing and now she became a part of something. Cool. Oh, wait, what? She did all this and then did that? Uh, it's just like they got to chill with some of these backstories, man. That's why I'm so excited that we're moving on to different eras and moving forward, like filling these gaps to sell these books is getting whack. Honestly. Yeah. I think, I think it's a lot of a characters do. I think a lot of characters do have backstories that you can tell, but sometimes the movies are the introduction to a character and you just have to recognize that their but backstory was it was there was nothing there. Don't you feel they, like sometimes they weren't just doing like, anything. Let's just make up this story just so we can sell some comics. Like, it's just like, Luke did that? Like, what? Like, it just sometimes it sounds no, like so distant from everything I know about the path of these characters. But. My whole thing is like a lot of characters come into movies, like James said, at a certain point. So once you go beyond that point, it's like, what's like, why? Because their, yeah, their story right. began when you met them, yeah. not prior to that, because the story yeah. is when they enter said story. Mm-hmm. And Rose is a great example of that. And where, whereas the opposite of that would say like someone like Phasma, like mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know anything about that character. And it's so not like she's sense. being introduced. She right. clearly yes. has a history right. of yes. being some and, sort of leader and in people the first are, order. And people are going to call me a hypocrite because I'm so in on the solo stuff, which is obviously before Harrison Ford's arc. But we heard those stories about Han and Chewie working for Jabba and doing the Kessel run and all this stuff. Like we know that that story that that part of his story existed and, and and with Chewie and Lando and all that stuff. So to me, that's different than being like, here's this new character. Oh, but she, and she did all these things. So buy this book. Like, no, I'm not going to buy that book. Yeah. I yeah. don't like, I don't mind it so much in a comic, it. but like a TV show or a movie or something. I don't care like what Luke was doing. That's why I'm again against that. Like Obi-Wan stuff. Like you, if you have a time frame where nothing is happening, then just let that be. Nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. You don't have to force something in that story just yeah. because you want to sell something based on that character. Yeah. I just feel but. like in my mind, I didn't like the casino part of last Jedi. So I'm 
automatically lumping her in with that rose. So then mm-hmm. I automatically am like, no. I think I, I liked <laughs> Canobite at first because I, do, I heard I of... I don't like Canobite at all. I liked it at first because of the spectacle of it and how mm-hmm. much they what said they put into, into it, making yeah. it happen. Yeah. And then each time I watch it, it gets worse. So like December 2017, me walking out of the theater, I'm like, all right, so that was their cantina. That was their, you know, that thing for that Mas, movie. Yeah. That was kind of cool. And then like each time I watch it, I'm like, oh, I'm at that scene. Damn. Even John Williams' music I, I is like... I don't mind the Canto Bite stuff. And you're like... Ugh. Yeah, well, it's very casino-y and boppy, <laughs> boppity, boppity. Oh, I meant when they're writing the Fathiers. Like, I don't like that song. Oh, the Harry Potter sounding stuff? Yeah. I still... I still watch the Canto Bite scene with the eyes of like, I want to see it all. Though. That opening shot where they go straight through the casino. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Like, prime filmmaking. But like, I don't know. There's a there's a book called Canto Bite and they talk about four different characters that are just there and they happen to be in the The little lizard. Some of them are some of them are like deleted scenes and stuff, too. But they still exist in that Canto Bite world. And it's interesting to me having read the book, too, because when someone just might be like, what is the point of this alien? To me, I'm like, but I know that alien. And I know how he's interacted with that character over there. That's yeah. just the other random alien. I refuse so it kind of has this book. whole, what, what's the, what's the one, what's the, like, um, the cantina, um, like all the different creatures in a new hope cantina, Moss Eisley yeah. and stuff. I don't know. That stuff intrigues that people. Cool. I'm just thinking but, of the the whole yeah. sequence of Canto Bite to me. I agree. Just sticks out I, to I me as something that's like. Yeah. If you take that 30 minutes and you like do something else, you could have enriched Poe's story, <laughs> or you could have you know done other things. But could have done more phasma. Story we've talked about. No, but I, I I didn't read that book on purpose because the one of the authors of that book was like found out to have said really awful things publicly mm-hmm. about George Lucas, and I was like, screw mm-hmm. that guy. Like, I can't believe they gave yeah. him that job. I I think I had already read it by mm-hmm. the time that came out. But, man. Yeah. Um, I got a all right, well, I think that's it for all the stories this week. That's just about everything we got in the I guess we couldn't Resistance take it Report. any foggier than this. Look at yeah, Lacey no way. entering the ring of the dad <laughs> jokes. Um, so we're going to send it over now to John for the scoundrels. Rundown. Okay, guys, we have three stories. So on three, we will send this baby into hyperspace. No coaxium needed. One, two, punch it. Punch Punch it. it. I thought you were going to do three and punch it. On three, Lacey. One of these days, one of these days. All right, guys, speaking (laughs) of the books, we have a spoiler review for the Alphabet Squadron first novel by Jordan Pate over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. I was 
enjoyed to read this spoiler review because I know everything that happened in the story and I didn't have to waste my time. So very good. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan, for that. Um, but if you uh, are interested in the review, if you don't mind spoilers and you want to see if you're going to like this book or not, uh, definitely go to StarWarsNewsNet.com. Check out what Jordan did over there. Great review. Good job, buddy. And as always, our review team always kills it. Uh, Elena and Kyle as well. Um, speaking of books, rolling on. Thrawn Treason, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive edition is heading to San Diego Comic-Con. So if you are going to San Diego Comic-Con, you can uh, find out how to get that. We have an article at StarWarsNewsNet.com explaining the details, the booth, the times, how to grab that. And uh, if you aren't going, uh, find someone who is and see if they can grab you a copy and uh, take care of it that way. Because as we know, people like to scalp items. So if you don't get it, they'll try to get you online for hundreds of dollars. And I guarantee you a Thrawn book is not worth it. Okay? All right, guys. Hey, John. Yes. Can I jump in on your rundown real fast for a oh, fun fact? Oh, sure, James. <laughs> like a Genderson's pelt. The <laughs> the Thrawn Treason San Diego Comic-Con cover that was revealed was directly inspired from Knights of the Old Republic, the scene where you look up and you see all the Sith light up all their lightsabers. Mm -hmm. That was the that was the actual like we want a Thrawn cover that looks like that and so that's what they came up with specifically oh, cool. for this convention cover. Do you have a name drop? Um, so of I thought an that artist? was kind of interesting. Do what? Uh, name drop for the artist? Nope. Because I don't know the artist. That's all right. We'll find out. We'll let you guys <laughs> it know. It was, I think, like an author or publisher that said that. So. Right. Okay. Well, the last story uh, we kind of really talked about in the uh, Resistance Report, uh, but we just want to tell you that the covers that were revealed for Age of Resistance, uh, being the Kylo one, Ray, Rose, and Snoke, um, again, focusing on the fact that the Snoke comic, comic will delve into the beginning of Kylo Ren's training, as Lacey had mentioned earlier. And um, so if you're interested in that backstory and finding out how Ben Solo became Kylo Ren, that might be the issue you want to pick up. Age of Resistance, the final series in the Age of Comics series. So that is it. A very literature-driven uh, Scoundrels Rundown. Um, so uh, again, always go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of our stories from the Resistance Report and the Scoundrels Rundown. But now... We're going to hear from you guys, so we're going to send it over to Lacey Gillerin to fire off your questions in Ask the Resistance. So, Chewy, my friend, my people, get us out of here. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for Ask the Resistance. You have Star Wars questions. Hopefully, we have some pretty good Star Wars answers. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? So the first question comes from Mike Sellers at Puke, or is it Puke or Puck? I say Puke every I think week. It's, I think it's Puke Sellers, but he threw in the 32 that might be a sports number or something. Oh. That's why I'm getting confused, because I see that and I'm like, is it Puke? Is it Puck? Does he like hockey? I think it's Puke. Puke Sellers with the 32 in the middle. He asks, what is the one main thing that you think they might actually do in The Rise of Skywalker that would you would absolutely hate? For me, it would be introducing any sort of time travel. It was fine in Endgame, but I don't want it in Star Wars. So I'll go first, ladies first. Mike, I completely agree. I think time travel is one of those things that is tricky and kind of lazy writing. <laughs> like anytime you introduce some type of time travel, it's not done very well. Um, mm -hmm. The only examples I would give you that where it is done well is Prisoner of Azkaban for Harry Potter and Back to the Future. Those are the only two movies that I will accept some sort of time not travel. Terminator? 
Eh, not really. Endgame, I felt, was just weird. Like, it, mm. for me, the timeline was like, what? Mm. Um, what would I hate? It would probably be that. Any type of that or like someone wakes up from a dream or something like that. Like any type of like lazy writing. Wait, Lacey, would you... Hmm, I'll, I'll, I'm going to position two things to you real quick. Would okay. you hate it if Ray dies? No. Would you hate it if Kylo Ren dies? No. If it made sense to the story, no. Okay. Yeah. Just wondering. I would be sad because he's my favorite if... character, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't like hate it. That's not my... St- I'm going to say this again for like the 50th time because I feel like sometimes... Yeah. Not to you guys, but I'm saying in general. Yeah. Um, These aren't our characters. These aren't our stories. Therefore, I won't hate anything unless I feel like it's a cop out, like time travel or a dream. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the movie, George Lucas wakes up and he's like, oh my God, I have a great idea for a movie. (laughs) Like I'd hate that. (laughs) Snoke is the person impersonating the emperor. If it's done well, okay. And there's a difference between hate and like not like, you can not like the Rise of Skywalker. Right. But I'm saying because they're not my characters and because it's not my story, I'm never going to hate anything. And I'm Mm -hmm. never like, we just talked about how I don't like Canto Bite. Right. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I hate The Last Jedi because right. I don't like that scene. I just don't want, didn't do it for me. The just, only the only one thing that would make Lacey really hate it is if they're like, guess what, guys? Tally Lyntra didn't die. She's back, baby. Oh, you know what? I take everything back. <laughs> <laughs> everything. <I'm, laughs> no, She's like, fine. bombs away again. Here we go. <laughs> Second time. Second time. Bombs again. <laughs> More bombs, bombs away, away again. again. Bombs for days. She just said like every line she has has bombs in it. She's like, this ship is the bomb. <laughs> Everyone's like, again? God, get Tally out of here. God, Tally. <laughs> they just shoot her. I love they anyway. keep a tally of how many times she says bomb. <laughs> they keep a tally in the corner. <laughs> and then George pops out and he goes, it's poetry. It rhymes. It's poetry. <laughs> anyway. I hate that line. This that sounds was like a, a Black Series Rebels episode. It does. Uh, so, <laughs> what's that? I'm trying to think of that funny thing. That, oh, take it to the bank. Uh, take it to the bank. <laughs> uh, shout out to Alex and Steve. What up, guys? Uh, so, next is Timothy at Toasted Zen. And he asks, what do you imagine the odds are of additional fighter squadron level stories in the Star Wars canon after Alexander Freed's trilogy? Do you think a Battlestar Galactica style streaming show will ever be considered? James, what do you think? All right. This this actually kind of opened up my mind to a lot of different ideas. Uh-oh. But I, I want to start this off by saying I'm not the biggest Alexander Freed fan. Uh, because this is Alphabet I didn't- Squadron, right? Yes, I I didn't really get into um, Battlefront, the first one. I was like, I can't. I've I've read it twice, and I I can't like grasp who the characters are, where the places they're going. There's a lot of military talk in it. I mean, Thrawn is like crazy military, and yet at the same time, I'm like, I understand what is happening in the story, but like. I feel like there's something about like the jargon of the writing that I'm not getting. Um, So I'm kind of like reluctant to go into alphabet (laughs) squadron. I have started it, but it feels the same way. I'm like, all right, he's got a lot of characters that he's trying to introduce and I'm not quite grabbing any of them. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
So where I think they're going uh, or what they could go is, do you think that there's a chance they could come up with like a Battlestar Galactica streaming show? I think there is a possibility. And I think if they did do it, it would take place uh, between six and seven and it would be led by Thrawn. It would be call. It would be Thrawn's show, a live action Man, Battlestar Galactica show led by Thrawn. Um, because I, I think he's one of the stuff. Yeah, I think he's one of the the leaders of a certain style of Star Wars. No, like, I, I understand. Oh, uh, yeah, Underworld and stuff. Oh, that's Boba Fett. Like, we want a Boba Fett show or something like that. Like, but if you want military and strategy and all that stuff, I feel like Thrawn is a, is a really good place to start, and there's yeah. some name brand recognition to it as well. So, yes, I do think they could James, do that, and I think that would be the way they go. Did you... I don't know if you're with me on this, but like I was reading the character names for Alphabet Squadron. I'm like, I am never remembering any of these character names. There's like Ursi Derlikadoo. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, can we get an Eric or like a Bob in like Star What's Wars? Weird. Like the way it's Talikid pronounced is, is Eric. Like what? That name that you said first. And you, it's funny because you're like, can we get an Eric? Because her name pr- pronounced Erica. Yeah, there's one that like there's another one like Will or something, but it's like spelled weird. W Y L, which was funny because I went looking for for Will in like Wikipedia, and I was like, I can't find this character. And then I looked him. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like (laughs) that's why I couldn't find him. Um, but uh, but no, there's like Heroes and uh, and the. Keith or something, Keth or I think Keith, uh, Neth maybe, Neth, um, yeah, Enfith not Neth? Keith, probably not Keith, <laughs> Neth, <laughs> <laughs> the newest character, <laughs> yeah, Enfith Neth, um, now Keth, no, but but that that's exactly it. Is like it, it, when you're introducing characters, it feels like you're watching, like you, you're reading The Hobbit or something, mm-hmm. and they're like, Lorp talked to Gorp, and Gorp said to <laughs> Keely, and Feely was, and, and you're like, okay, I, I just need to learn all 13 of these freaking yeah, dwarf names, because I have no Lord, clue blah, who's blah, blah, talking blah. to who. I can't place them in the room. Yeah. They're, they're bringing in like random kernels and mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm like, are these supposed to be important <laughs> characters? Who is this person? I, you know, it's really hard to place what's going on and then on top of that they fill in all the military jargon and and, and yeah. i don't know it, it's it's kind of crazy but i i hear that the second half of the book is better than the first so it's going to you you need to establish everybody and then the action happens so i'm, I'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. but john already knows what happened because he read the re- spoiler Spoilers! review john yeah. before we get to the next question are you team lorp or team gorp <laughs> I don't know, but then I was thinking about really and feely. I'm like, I don't know. It's Keely and feely. Oh, Keely and feely. Yeah. I might be team yeah. Gorp. Not gonna lie. I don't know. I'm I'm absolutely team Keely because Keely is the name of our dog, mm-hmm. and he actually is like the one dwarf that they get. Well, not the one, but like they actually kind of give him a little more of a story because he has like a love interest in mm-hmm. the in the movie, right. but. And then they, yeah. they obviously give the them Keely. the line, yeah. I have a bad feely about this. And you're like, oh, <laughs> there it is. It's too obvious. It's way too obvious. You know, so if they do that All in right. episode nine, they bring in feely. <laughs> bring in, well, they bring in Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. James, Next that question. was a great answer. I feel really bad that I interrupted it by getting attacked <laughs> by a bug. But besides that, 
It was a great answer. And I totally mm. agree because mm. I don't know anything about military. And anytime people get into like military jargon in movies too, like even though Independence Day is like the farthest thing from a military movie, like when they get into that war room and they're like, we need to do this and that. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. How bad is that mm. movie? I love Independence, Independence Day. Day. Yeah. Brutal. I love it. It's, I think it's pretty well received, John. That has not aged if, well. You have to appreciate it just for the fact that they took actual models of the buildings and blew them up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not CG. They just blew up, like, actual models of the White House. I'm, a, yeah. I'm almost about to swip, switch on John and flip the whole conversation and just be like, John doesn't like good movies. <laughs> he just, he could oh, always... Snap. Yeah. You always try to rip me down for not liking... Uh, or Independence for liking Day. specific movies, but they're movies that people like, and you don't see them. I, like, I watch Independence like Day every Fourth of July. I liked Independence yeah, Day sure. when I was like thirteen, but I mean, it's time to grow up, folks. That movie stunk. I guess I'm a thirteen year old boy then because I love that movie. It just hasn't aged well. I'm sorry. If you're, I apologize to all the diehard Independence Day fans out there. I'm so you better sorry. Apologize to Matt because Matt loves that movie. But it's time to, uh, you know, welcome to Earth, folks. It's time to uh, get in tune with some real good movies for a change. Okay. All right. Speaking of getting in tune, our next question <laughs> is from David Probus at PB no P Buff Daddy <laughs> zero zero. Right. And he asks, in the Benioff and Weiss films, do you, or sorry, would you rather them adapt a legend story, i.e. Bane, or create all new characters in the old Republic? John, as our Game of Thrones fan, what are your thoughts? Those guys are going to crush it and they're going to make a good movie that's not like I didn't. Independence a- I Day. didn't. I didn't ask if they were going to crush it. Oh, I'm I getting asked. there. Um, yeah, I think they are going to do new stuff. I don't think we're adapting legend stories. I think legends are legends, guys. Um, we need to let them be legends. Uh, I know we, you know, every once in a while they pull things that they like from it, like that costume's cool, or that mask's cool, or this idea that someone did here is cool, but they're not bringing these stories back, guys. They're, they're the reason why they cast them out. They're not coming back. So you can pound the ground as much as you want. Uh, I don't care how much you love legends and how much money and time you spent reading and watching and whatever, all that, they ain't coming back. So you can keep them for how they were, and there you go. So, And also because... If they do adapt, say they did this, which they're not doing, the backlash they would receive out of the gate just by diehards of the original version of that story would destroy these guys and make it a PR nightmare that they don't want. So what they're going to do is take you to an era with a clean slate and tell you brand new stories with brand new characters. And that's not only the smart thing to do, it's the right thing to do. So, uh, no, uh, David, I do wh- whichever side of the aisle you're on on that, uh, I do not think, I think there's a 0% chance they're going to adapt a legend story for their movies. All right, cool. And last but not least is Kylo Ren vs. Mask at verse underscore Ren. And they asked, hi, guys, I asked this question, parenthesis, on behalf of my kids some time ago. Hi, kids. Um, but in the light Hello. of the teaser trailer, what do you think our chances are now of seeing an Ewok in the rise of Skywalker? Ooh. James, I'm going to start with you. What, do you think we're going to see an Ewok in this last movie to we, wrap up the Should we do percentage? Saga? 
Since they asked for chance, what's yeah. the chances? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Or we could do the dentist style out of five. <laughs> at the dentist um, style. There's always a fifth dentist, though. Two out of five Ewoks chance. <laughs> nice. Um, no, I think uh, I think there is a 8% chance. Out of, of what? 100. Out of 100? Yeah. That's a very small chance. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's like a sure bet that we're getting, we're definitely getting Ewoks? They said at least a Ewok. Okay. Yeah. 9%. Ooh. <laughs> you, you sold them. We're not doing that. We're doing yeah. it the dentist way. It's out of five. So that would be uh, zero dentist then. <laughs> One half of a dentist. <laughs> If Snoke was a dentist. <laughs> you have to work yeah. in whole numbers, so it would be one out of five okay. dentists. So one out of five dentists agree that there will be Ewoks in the Rise of Skywalker. Okay. John? Two. Two dentists. 40% chance. Because because there's a higher likelihood we won't see one, but maybe they're like, yo, uh, Warwick Davis, you're going to play Wicked again for one last time, and you're going to show them where the Death Star is on Endor, and you're going to be like, nothing among and then uh, that'll be it. So two out of five dentists agree that an Ewok may be in The Rise of Skywalker. See, I think it's going to be five out of five dentists. I think this is one of those things that when we had Clayton on last summer, which we got to have him on again. But when we had him on last summer to talk about footage with Carrie, he had kept saying, you know, there's a lot of fan service stuff. Fans will be happy. I think the Ewoks are something that fans love. And I think that just having one in a scene somewhere is going to happen. Like one on a ship, like when they make that rally cry to everybody in the universe to fight the First Order, I guarantee there could be an Ewok in there somewhere. So I'm saying five out of five dentists. Say so you're saying name. 100% chance. You're not giving yourself any breathing room at all. <laughs> no, I'm going for it. Hmm. She, no, uh, technically she falls in somewhere between, I think... 81 and 100. 80%, so it'd be 90% to 100. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if I end up being right, I'm going to rub it in James and John's face. Well, the only time Lacey's <laughs> I mean, right is when I she I would love to see an Ewok show up in the background. I think that would be cool. I just, <laughs> when you look at a percentage of like, you know, 50-50, I think there's a 50-50 shot that there's that there's okay. somebody sitting around How about going, do four we want to put out of five dentists? How about we don't use this scale? It's horrendous. Four out of five Ewoks say they're going to be in the movie. <laughs> five out of five dentists say we should not use this scale to rate things. That sounds like a leak. Like, hey, it I'm seemed actually like a good idea when Ewok I said it. So okay. are my three friends. Eighty percent chance there's going to be an Ewok in Star Wars. And yeah, there you go. The and James says eight percent, and I say forty percent. Okay, cool. All right. So four. Out of five. All right. If versus you guys want to be on the show, versus masks, kids are like, why do you watch those guys? That's a whole lot of gorp going on. <laughs> All right. So if you want to be in the show, make sure to follow us on, on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N and ask your Star Wars questions to us with hashtag AskTheResistance and you could be on the show. And we'll read your hashtag or your name and chat. And yep. Back to John. <laughs> Screen name, username. Yeah, that thing. Handle, blood type, social security number, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys. I want to thank you Name all for um, listening, watching, being a part of the resistance. Uh, I know a lot of new people every week have been joining us, so we hope you enjoy the podcast. Again, we're here twice a week. We post new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, so you got to make sure you subscribe so you keep up to date with us because the machine is not stopping. That's for sure. So you got your uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, if you are watching. Hello, we see you out there. Um, make sure you guys also go to our website where all the news stories we talk about come from, starwarsnewsnet.com, every day for all of your latest news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. James has got that logo right in your face if you're watching on YouTube. Um, If you guys want to support the podcast, go uh, over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. That's (laughs) patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We have five tiers starting at $2 a month, and we have new content we're posting on there every day. We like to think that we might be, very well maybe the most active Star Wars Patreon uh, podcast page. So uh, if you want to support us and also get a lot of new exclusive content and a bunch of other benefits and rewards, go check out the tiers one through five and uh, join the resistance. Um, you won't regret it. But uh, I do want to say thank you to our generals. Uh, very special thank you to Carmelo, who just moved to Spain. Glad you made it there, Carmelo. Brian Shalito, uh, our, our resident Indians fan. Don Boring, great artist. Andrew Staley, race car fan, heading to celebration next year uh hopefully beers hopefully jimmy johnson does a little better for you in the second half of the nascar (laughs) season len brown who is a little worried about gaming and you'll find out more about that when he joins us on the patreon pod race on thursday neil lowry the general of positivity crushed it in the uh, patreon pod race last week and jeremy myers who just officially bought an official make solo two happen t-shirt and he (laughs) let us know all about it uh but jeremy's also heading to celebration so we're excited to um see him again uh uh, like we did in chicago so uh oh there's one more um what's his name young lad oh that's right val trichkoff and thank you all (laughs) for all of your support we appreciate you guys so much um uh speaking of uh t-shirts guys i have to i have to hawk it one more time um tpublic.com slash user slash resistance broadcast we have 40 designs and the hot ticket one right now that's flying off the digital shelves is make solo Two happen we have two different variants for that uh, there may be someone who is a part of the movies who may be interested in picking one of those up soon you may have heard that Jonas Sotomo is all about that uh, but yeah check it out we have uh, 39 other designs James designed most of them and um, pick up uh, your swag that way um that is it for that. So now for us, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, James, what about you, buddy? Twitter and Instagram are the two places that I type a lot, and they are linked to me via a screen name known as Meyer Trunks. Uh, Dragon Ball <laughs> reference. Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter at Lacey Gillarin, where I talk about Star Wars and talk about how excited I am for Celebration. Yes, yes. And if you guys are not aware, James Bainey used to be in the metalcore band The Devil (laughs) Wears Prada. He was their keyboardist from 2005 to 2012. And he had four albums, and he went gold and platinum, and he toured the world everywhere, and he was a world-famous rock star. The Devil Wears Prada, James Bainey, keyboardist. Now you know. 
All right, guys. So we'll see you on Thursday where we're going to have a discussion called the Kessel Run. And we're going to run down our list of 12 people who helped make Star Wars happen behind the camera. Very important people to Star Wars that aren't actors. So we're not talking Harrison Ford. We're not even talking George Lucas. Some people you may have heard of, some maybe not. But either way, uh, it's going to be a good time. So we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you Thursday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. 